pro football focused, a salary cap analyst in Brad Spielberger, Esquire. Talk about some Saints salary cap issues. It feels every year we continue to be in that situation where we wonder, what is Mickey Loomis going to do to get us, more importantly, under the cap and also make some free agency moves? So we'll get to that right now aboard the 137 Game Hotline. Once again, our good friend, Brad Spielberger, part of Pro Football Focus. Brad, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing good, and I want to start off looking at the Saints because last I saw, the estimation, keyword here, estimation, is that the Saints are going to be a whopping $60 million over the cap. Has that changed? And like, How did we get to that number of $60 million over the cap based off of estimates? Yeah, so that is actually because we already know the 2022 salary cap. It's going to be about $208 million. That's, that's actually not even – I'm not going to say it's not an estimation because obviously things could change, but, but that is a more certain number, that $60 million. But I'm sure you remember last offseason, they were about $100 million projected over the salary cap, and they found a way to make it work. And, and the good news is I think the path forward this year is actually easier than last year. So you talk about the path forward being a little bit easier – this year, obviously, $60 million versus $100 million. It doesn't take a math whiz to figure out that's a little bit less than what we had what we had to deal with last year. But what makes it easier to kind of do this and get under that salary cap, make some potential free agency moves, and more importantly, not have to mess with too much of some of those big money getters like an Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, or Cam Jordan have to manipulate their contracts any more than they have to? Yeah, so the difference this offseason around is they've set up a bunch of deals with the idea already that they're going to restructure them. So I mean, the two that jump out is Marshawn Lattimore and Taysom Hill. When they sign those extensions, they, put, they set it up so that there's a big lump sum salary in the first year of the deal. And what they're going to do is as soon as the new league year begins, they're going to convert all that salary into a signing bonus like you've obviously seen a million times before, and it'll clear a bunch of cap out. And then, of course, if they do go ahead and extend Toronto Armstead at left tackle, same scenario where they would actually, just like Taysom Hill, they would actually clear cap space with an extension for him. So those three moves already get you pretty far along, and then they just have a couple other guys they can rework. They may have to. I know you said that you know, ideally they don't mess around with Cam Jordan or Michael Thomas or those guys. They might. They might have to. Um, but it's not going to be as drastic as last year. I would hope not because, I mean, you look at this team. They want up getting, uh, letting go some really key cogs especially along the front seven, namely, I think the name that everybody's been bringing up is Trey Hendrickson, who has done a bang-up job with the Cincinnati Bengals, get, helping get that team to the postseason and their first postseason win since before you can make text messages. So you look at that, like, is there any guys out there that are going to be, like, you have to keep and or or else you could suffer some a similar fate to what you suffered this season? Because obviously this year was just a horrible end to it the fact that you lost, not because of your ineptitude, but because of another team just going ahead and blowing a big lead after halftime. Felt like you were rooting the Atlanta Falcons to win there, but you were playing them in Week 18. Yeah, so, you know, I, I do think there's there's fewer guys that are can't-lose guys. Not Obviously, Trey Hendrickson was not. Um, I know, you know, you had me on the show last year, and I was wrong in saying that I thought Marcus Williams was going to be a playing elsewhere this season, I still do think he probably does not get the extension to New Orleans, that he might be playing elsewhere next season. 
Um, but you never know. I mean, I obviously like him. He's obviously a very good player. Obviously, Nelson Jenkins getting up there in age at safety, so it'd be good to have him in, you know, in the mix. But generally, if they want to get a deal done, they find a way. And so I think it's interesting that you know, Marshawn Lattimore comes into the season on a fifth-year option. They get his deal done. Ryan Ramchick, the same thing. But Marcus Williams on the franchise tag a year later still can't get that long-term extension. So I think he's probably the one big marquee guy they may lose. But I'm not sure that's, you know, that's, that's a death, tell, death knoll. They have a lot of good players in that secondary. Talking now, Brad Spielberger, part of Pro Football Focus, a salary cap analyst. And when you look at the way this team's obviously set up for the here and now – What's kind of going to be the biggest key outside of obviously restructuring deals that that were going to be restructured? And you look at some of the guys that are going to be coming up. Who's the most crucial guy? Because I think, in my mind, it's Jameis Winston. You're going to want to kind of keep him because, despite what everybody wants about getting a Russell Wilson or or a Aaron Rodgers to come over, because apparently they're disgruntled with their respective franchises. But that feels like pie in the sky. I think the more realistic thing is to run it back with Jameis because he'll more likely than not be 100% healthy for the start of the season, and he did a pretty serviceable job whenever he did play. Yeah, Jameis was solid, no doubt. And I think because of the injury, yes, of course, there's you know the risk that he maybe misses some off-season training and all that, but it also at the same time will keep his price tag down. Um, and they could probably look to run back almost the same deal, kind of a you know one-year, $5 million deal with, with some incentives that could boost that up for, you know, higher based on play time and performance and statistics and stuff like that. But I'm with you. It still comes down to quarterback. I know they've told us over and over again that Taysom Hill could be the future. That's just not true, and I think we know that now. Um, his deal, honestly, his deal is a tight end contract. I think it was based off of the Austin Hooper contract kind of gave the framework for that Taysom Hill deal. So, yeah, I mean, quarterback, I know this is probably not the most groundbreaking thing to say, but quarterback is still what it's all about. If they can't get one of those veterans to come along, I do think Russell Wilson's interesting, uh, but if they can't convince one of those guys, I do think Jameis Winston or maybe even a guy like a Mitchell Trubisky that you could get on a one-year flyer and just hope that Sean Payton can work his match. Do you think Russell Wilson's like a remote possibility if you can like really work that Loomisnomics magic and get yourself down enough to where you're not having to give up the farm in terms of you know trading to get him and more importantly, be able to restructure him and sign a really decent deal to keep him around long term because it it just feels to me very pie in the sky. But I know you are a lot more kind of ear to the ground when it comes to salary cap. I think you raised a good point there, and that the complication comes in with the, with the fact that you have to both give a trade package that they would want and then figure out the money. And so I would say a scenario that maybe doesn't work is I don't think Seattle is going to follow the Bradley Roby approach in Houston. Uh, for folks that remember, you know, Houston agreed to retain a bunch of salary in order to help facilitate that move. And the Saints, in turn, giving a third-round pick was probably more than his actual value. But because Houston retained about $7.5 million, you have to boost the, you know, the compensation. So I don't think Seattle would be open to that. Um, but I'll tell you, I, I mean, Russell Wilson named those four teams he was interested in, and the Raiders, Cowboys, and Bears seem pretty set at quarterback, and so the only team left is the Saints. And, and I know in Seattle they're not married to Russell Wilson. They, they, they like him, obviously. He's a good player. But they, they would explore a trade for him, and, and they would take the King's ransom, no doubt. But, you know, maybe New Orleans steps up and, and finds a way to get done. And, you know, looking around the NFL, obviously, with the way – the world has worked in the 
COVID times we're in a lot. I mean, this past season, you, the big reason why the Saints were $100 million over the cap was because of the salary cap going down due to COVID, kind of messing with some of the revenue. Who are some other teams that are going to have to really make some tough decisions to where the free agent market could very well be loaded, and if the Saints don't go get a Russell Wilson and are able to restructure and be able to get enough money to maybe get some other like splash free agents. Who are some other teams maybe fans of the NFL need to keep an eye on? Yeah, I mean, this, this should be welcome news to Saints fans, but I think you can make a strong argument that the Falcons are actually in a worse position than the Saints. I mean, their, their current projection is not you know negative $60 million, but the Atlanta Falcons have five players on the roster next year. Actually, one of those is Julio Jones, so he's not even on the roster. They have, they have five players taking up over 60% of their cap. It's just Matt Ryan, Jake Matthews, Grady Jarrett, Julio Jones, and Deion Jones, the linebacker. Those five guys already account for $130 million on the cap next year for that team. So they're going to want to, they, they, you know, they, they did nothing in free agency last year, and it might be a struggle for them to do anything in free agency again this year. Um, and then I think the Philadelphia Eagles as well. They've obviously cut their costs. They've obviously moved on from a lot of players, but they still are kind of clearing the books after they made a huge push post-Super Bowl to try to get back there, and they still have some older guys they need to move on from. Talking right now with Brad Spielberger, part of Pro Football Focus, a salary cap analyst. And it's always good to have this conversation with you and get a perspective of what it all means. Because, again, when you see like $60 million in the red as a casual fan, it's like you wonder how the hell do you get out of this. But I think you've given plenty of perspective. And before I let you go, why not give us – What's the latest going on at Pro Football Focus? How y'all are handling this never-ending salary cap madness? Because I'm sure that a lot of other teams that are going to be dealing with the same questions over the next several weeks and months. Yeah, so something you pointed out that, that is spot on is, is no team is expecting the salary cap drop this year, obviously. No one foresaw that. And, and not only did they not foresee it, they didn't plan for it. It's not something teams have ever had to worry about in the past, so there's no reason to plan for it. So a lot of teams were, you know, were facing kind of an unprecedented situation and had to get creative. But the beauty is, as, as Saints fans are obviously well aware, you can push cap into the future, and the cap is going to spike in 2023. I, I could see it jumping to maybe $230 million plus million. And so because that's there – and you know the cap is going to rise as TV money comes in, now as sports gambling money comes in, all these new revenue streams, the Saints' approach of pushing money down the line is fine. It's a viable approach. Obviously, you know, you have to, you have to do some, some work and, and maneuver some things around, but it's not going to bite them again like it did this year. I would hope not, Brad, but thank you so much for coming on, my man. Before I let you go, why not let people know what you got brewing over at PFF? Absolutely. So our, our top 100 free agents list is out. So as you mentioned, if, you, if the Saints want to dip into that pool, we've, we've listed the top 100 guys for our rankings, good scheme fit and team fits, including some Saints guys, and a projected contract for all 100 of those guys. So fans can get an idea of maybe what they would sign for. Brad, thank you so much once again for coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, man. Thank you. You too.